Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey guys, it's Kayla. I'm so happy you're able to join us today because we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. Well, today we're going a little creepy, a little eerie, a little spooky. When you stop to think about it, these creepy stories are all around us and they happen all year round. Why are we so obsessed with the paranormal and the true crime that is out there every day? What is it that we can't get enough of? Well, the truth is every person has a story. But what happens when each person's version of the same story is so different? Who was Sue Knight and why did she disappear? Suicide with no suicide note. No one has seen the body. There is a true crime podcast called Undercover of Night that Jenna Burnett, our guest today, and her colleagues produced at Spoke Media. And we are going to dive into that and our love of true crime and so much more. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the lovely Jenna Burnett. 
I am here with Jenna Burnett. She is incredible. I am a huge fan of her podcast and I had to have her on. Jenna, this is our fun little spooky Halloween episode and we are going to talk everything true crime. Jenna, you have a wildly popular podcast that is called Undercover of Night and it was recommended to me on Apple Podcasts because it was so wildly popular and I fell in love with it. So before we dig into all the details, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what your podcast is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So I've really been referring to it as more of a true mystery than a true crime story because it's definitely not your standard murder investigation, but it does start with a death. So it centers around this woman named Sue Knight She lived in Athens, Texas in the 80s and 90s, and she died very suddenly and unexpectedly in 1996. She was only in her early 40s. And really, our way into her story was through the executor of her estate, Steve Barksdale, because a bunch of weird stuff happened to him while he was organizing her estate. He and his wife found strange things in her house, like mail addressed to a bunch of different names some guns with expensive custom scopes and a room with multiple computers that were pretty high tech for the time in 1996 that came alive in pretty spectacular fashion while they were there in the middle of the night one night. And then in the midst of this honestly pretty creepy experience of going through her house, Steve got two phone calls, one from someone saying that they work for the CIA and one from someone saying that they work for Scotland Yard, both asking for custody of Sue's body. So he asked the local sheriff to look into it because basically at this point, he's like, what have I gotten myself into? And the local sheriff calls him into his office and says, Steve, you're being watched. You're in over your head. You need to wash your hands of this. Walk away. And he did for almost 25 years. And that's really our starting point. And then over the course of the series, we do our best to look at the circumstances surrounding her death and try and figure out what was going on. We talked to a bunch of people that knew her while she was alive. We find some people that she had completely lost touch with over the years. She just sort of disappeared from their lives and they never knew what happened to her. And we end up painting this portrait of a woman who had been a mystery to so many people for 30, 40, 50 years. Really, over the course of the project, it turned into this honestly beautiful exploration of memory and legacy and family in a way that I don't think any of us really expected. So it's been a really amazing journey. It, it, it got me, especially that first episode. I'm listening to it and it's dark at night and I'm driving around and I keep looking over my shoulder. It got to me. It was creepy. It was eerie. And you guys, what I love so much about your story is that you found this woman's story and you just decided to continue to investigate. And we are on the ride with you. And, you know, the truth is every person has a story. But what happens when Each person's version of the same story is different. What do you do? So can you tell us all about Sue Knight, 
why she disappeared. There was suicide, but no suicide note. Give our listeners not the whole details, but a few of those little spooky details all about the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, Sue Knight was a woman who lived in smallish town, Texas in the 80s and 90s in Athens, Texas, which is about an hour and a half outside Dallas. Mm -hmm. And she was a British expat living in small town Texas and no one really knew why. She didn't really give any details, didn't really have any family that anyone knew about and then died pretty mysteriously when she was pretty young. She was only in her early 40s. Everyone who knew her and even some people who didn't know her, who just knew of her in town and people who knew her before in, in a previous life, they all had questions that have lasted for nearly 30 years at this point. Like mm. no one had all of the answers. No one really knew exactly what happened to her. It left a lot of people unsettled. And so mm. our job really was to just get as many answers as we possibly could and figure out. I mean, you guys are real life Nancy Drew. Like you <laughs> you found this crime and you were like, we need to figure out what happened. How did this story come to you? Because I think that's what's really important for everyone listening is that, you know, we all kind of dream of this. Like we we stumble upon some sort of crime and then we we try to figure it out. And you guys did this and you do this for a living. So that helps a little bit. But you found <laughs> this story and then that you stumbled upon and then just full on went full throttle into investigating it. So how did the story come to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been in a hole with this story for a couple of years now. It really started because of the executor of her estate. So when she died... Basically, a man who knew her in town and didn't really know her very well, his name was Steve, found out from the Justice of the Peace that he was named her executor in her will and was completely surprised by it. And then, of course, when he started to dig into her estate and try and get some answers and find next of kin, he couldn't find anything. And he came into all of these weird mysteries. This is what you're talking about in episode one, when they uh -huh. walked through her house uh -huh. and they found all of these things that were spooky and didn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, I don't want to spoil it. But there is, I guess it is episode one. So this isn't really a spoiler. The computers in her house just turned on, which was really shocking. Mm -hmm. Even more shocking in the mid 90s when people just didn't have a ton of computers in their right. house, especially these particular expensive ones. But yeah, so this story really came through us, came to us through him. And actually, one of our producers her dad was family friends with Steve, like their families are friends. Oh, Steve's so, a family friend and went and became this executor of this random estate and all of these crazy clues came into play. And exactly. Wow. And so just and so like you guys found the story. he was, yeah, their dads were just having a conversation and Steve told Heather's dad about this story. And Heather's dad was like, you know, my daughter's a producer, right? Like she makes documentary films. And so she started digging into it and then she brought it to us and we started digging into it and it all just sort of snowballed from there. And when you say we, how many people do you have researching this story? What is give us the logistics of over the span of how many weeks did you guys under uncover all that you did? How many people were involved in this? I mean, are we talking three people or are we talking more like, you know, 20 people? What give us the give us the down low? Somewhere in between, I'd say. So I work at a company called Spoke Media. My partner in this was really my executive producer, Caroline Hamilton. And then we had several other executive producers, Sharita Lynn Solis, Aaliyah Tavakoli, and Keith Reynolds. It's really like a family affair at my job. And so everyone had a hand in it pretty much. And then I had my lovely researcher, Haley, my consulting journalist, Bob, 
And then Heather was a part of it. Oh, yeah. And she had her team before we came in. And we all we've been working on it for years and years. She worked on it for years before she brought us in. So, wow. So, Jenna, I know you're obsessed with true crime. And I am too. I am. And I knew that we would get along with this. So is everyone at Spoke Media, <laughs> are your stories traditionally true crime stories? Or is that something that you, so I, I just, there's something I am so obsessed with true crime. And I know you are. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the world is obsessed with true crime? Oh, man. I mean, first of all, no, it's not necessarily our standard fare. I think this was kind of a departure for us. We do all sorts of podcasts and we have worked on podcasts for clients that have been true crime. I've done a couple of true crime podcasts in the past. I did uh-huh. The Grand Scheme, Snatching Sinatra right, uh, with, with John Stamos. With Stamos, yes. right. <laughs> yes. And then before that, I did It Was Simple, the Betty Broderick podcast. I worked on Man in the Window. So we have done a handful of true crime podcasts. This was our first like original true crime podcast that we did with Apple, of course, and Castleview. And it was definitely a departure for us. We felt really strongly about doing it in a way that was really thoughtful and really respected all of the individual humans that were involved, which I'm really proud of where that sort of netted out in our in our creation. I think I mean, people have been interested in true crime for hundreds, thousands of years. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's stories of people who keep up with you know, the local goings on, I would argue that like the Salem witch trials are a version of true crime. People used to, I mean, people have been showing up at hangings forever, like just wanting to know the nitty gritty details. I think it is, you know, we are in this spooky season. I think there is a bit of that adrenaline that's involved. Mm -hmm. But I also think a really big part of true crime fandom, (laughs) if you want to call it that way, if you want to call it that is, is putting yourself in the shoes of the people involved, right? Right. And so whether that's, I think for women in particular, there's a lot of preparation mindset that goes in with listening to true crime stories. You're like, okay, so if I, I don't know about you, but I go shopping and I walk out to my car and I don't even take the bags off my arms, I get in my car and close my door. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's like you're you're preparing yourself in a kind of way. I think it gives a sense of control over your environment in an environment where women are often not, they don't often have a large sense of control, I would say. Yes, Yes. I agree 100%. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. we're back people are able to experience the adrenaline of the true crime and almost solve the puzzles simultaneously but from the safety and comfort of their home so it's a and we as females can often be the victims right most more often than not and so for us it's a way it's almost a way to prepare or plan and put you're right put ourselves in, in that person's shoes what would we do how would we handle that situation and so it's kind of a mixture of all of that but even taking it a step further realizing that some people are obsessed with certain murderers and certain and the truth is we don't really remember the victims names we remember the serial killers' names, right? So there's this sort of infamous adoration that people have for these serial killers and murderers and all of this stuff. But it is a fascinating, and and it's interesting, your perspective of taking it all the way back to the Salem witch trials too. You're right. People have been fascinated about this for for years and years and years. I I mean- It also hits that that part of us that loves gossip. Do you know what I mean? Like, we just want to know- the nitty gritty details. We want to know the ins and outs. We want to know what people are thinking. We want to know how people felt. I think that's very human. Do you know? Yes. We just want to, we just want to, it's, it's kind of a way to connect to other humans. And I think there's a lot of empathy involved. I think, I think people maybe get the wrong idea about true crime fans that they just want the gory details. They just want the salacious. But I think at the core of it is like connection maybe is the wrong word, but at least putting yourself in someone's shoes, I think experiencing the world and empathizing with someone who went through something unimaginable, like it, you almost want to imagine yourself in those scenarios because they are so unimaginable. There's something, I don't know, there's something really captivating about it. There's a reason why it's such a huge, it's such a huge industry and so many people are interested, particularly women. 
Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I was going to say, you know, there is this idea too that we can consume too much of it, which I hate. And you guys are going to hate me for saying this. And I hate it too. Just know I'm right there with you. But they, they, they are saying that if you are watching too much true crime and it makes you overly fearful and anxious, then you do need to take a break from it. And yes. You know, I think sometimes the lack of knowledge with crime statistics and, you know, thinking that there's a larger probability that you could become a victim. There's there are some unhealthy thoughts that can happen when consuming too much. But especially this time of year, you guys, I say go for it. Right. It's part of us celebrating the holiday. I even went so far as like ordering some fun little like crime novels. I mean, we're we're all in here at our house. Same. I've been on a horror movie kick. I just bought Carrie at the bookstore. I'm going all in for spooky season. I, I agree. I think that there is a world, if you start to see the world as a fully dangerous place, that is that is a problem. I think I think that's why we wanted to make the podcast that we make. I tend to gravitate towards, I tend to keep a balance, right? There's a type of true crime that is truly just about murder. There's another type of true crime that is like more, more humanistic stories, more, I, I'm into like cult stories. There was a podcast about Heaven's Gate a few years ago. The RFK tapes is really excellent. Like it just scratches that mystery itch, but it can keep you from being, you know, frightened to (laughs) frightened to walk to your car from Target. Like I was talking about before. There's something about, same, I've been there, about a podcast (laughs) that I think is just the perfect amount of information and even just the way you're consuming it, you're listening. And that's how I felt listening to your podcast, Undercover of Night, because, you know, there occasionally when you're watching something, the visuals are there for you. But when you're listening, you it's almost as if when you're reading, you're creating the images and you could almost put yourself in that position or people, you know, and the surroundings can be whatever you make up in your head. So there's this this idea of making it a place that feels, you know, right next door, right in your neighborhood, right there for you. And, you know, like walking home from Target. And it's it's interesting. I listen to creepy podcasts as I'm doing folding the laundry or doing certain things tasks that may not be as fun to do. And I find myself always looking over my shoulder, hearing something. I mean, you know, it's the the senses are just so heightened in that environment. But can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like to find a story and then solve it and then continually have to tell the story in real time. So you guys do a really good job of finding new clues. And then at the end of each episode, you know, discussing it and figuring out like, okay, well, maybe it could be this. And and as the listener, we're along the ride and the journey for you, with you. But it's interesting because I feel like this story tur- didn't necessarily turn out how you wanted it to. And what is no. that like as a storyteller? Yeah, I think we realized fairly early on that we were making a story that was less about the events that happened and more about the people that they were happening to. So in that regard, it sort of did turn out like we expected. But also, yeah, I mean, not to give too much away, but there is a world in which we found out something that really confirmed everyone's suspicions. Mm -hmm. And we really dug and dug and dug for that. And she is a mis- like she is a mystery even now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it was very it was very frustrating at times. I was thinking about this when I was actually preparing to come on this podcast. All of the conversations that you're hearing, like every episode is a combination of of various conversations that happened over the course of the 
project, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no one episode where everything happened in one conversation, probably except for episode one. Everything else is a combination of us figuring things out over the course of weeks and months and years, you know? So there is, I'm sure that you can hear when you're listening to the podcast, you can hear that frustration at times from the various members of our team. Yes. We just wanted to figure something concrete out so badly. But the thing that I think we all ended up realizing, and this is really a testament to the people that we met along the way, is everyone does have their own version of Sue. And that's that's really the point. Do you know? It's sort of like you were talking about you listening to a podcast, you sort of put yourself in this person's shoes. And that's really what everyone did. Everyone that we talked to, that's what everyone did. They really tried to put themselves in her shoes and figure out, well, if it were me and I had to leave the UK in a hurry, maybe it would be this. Or if Uh it were me and I didn't want to tell anyone about my family, maybe it would be this. Do you know what Uh I mean? And so it's almost like I actually just read a review of someone who really didn't like it, (laughs) really didn't like the podcast, honestly, and, and was like, but then proceeded to basically give an explanation of exactly what we were going for, which is like, this podcast is really frustrating. It really is just a whole bunch of people who had their own thoughts about who she was and decided to share them around town. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly, like, exactly. That's the point. Well, and you realize too, when you put yourself out there, like, you know, some people will love what you create and others won't. And that's okay. And unfortunately oh, now we're at the internet stage where everyone's going to put their opinion because believe me, that I totally get where someone shares something and you're like, yes. I understand. I That's okay that you didn't love that. <laughs> We're going to survive. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's actually been really funny. Most of the criticism, I mean, I'm sure that there uh, there are obviously ways that we can all improve, right? But honestly, most of the criticism that I've heard has been spot on for what we were going for. And it just wasn't for them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's been a really interesting, a really interesting experience as a content creator, as an artist, really, is putting your art out there and then and then having people get it, but just not get it, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) Since releasing the podcast, do you did anyone reach out to you? Has anyone reached out like since, uh, you know, you did episode one and then did anyone reach out and you included in the podcast or has anyone reached out since? We have had we have like that email address set up and we have had a couple of tips come in. A lot of it has been small town rumor mill stuff. Honestly, people being like, well, did you know this? Have you heard this? And it's like, yes, we have absolutely heard this, but we have no way to substantiate it. Right. Okay. So that's been really fun. The, I mean, honestly, the biggest person to come out of the woodwork is the person that you hear about in the finale, which is. Yeah. And we really want you guys to listen to Undercover of Night. So we're not going to give it away because it does take a huge turn at the end. And you're like, wait, what (laughs) is And it becomes almost a love story. It's crazy. That's all I'll say. We won't say anything else. There is a healing element to the end and it really is beautiful and it does become its own story. And that's sometimes what happens when you're a storyteller. You have to let the story unfold and tell itself. And that's what you guys did. So beautifully. How do you at Spoke Media and you, Jenna, choose what stories to tell? Because there are so many stories out there. And like you said, you guys have such a plethora of different genres that you tell. So what brings something from just a story to an actual podcast and then a hit? Well, we do podcasts in a lot of different ways. We do originals, which is what this was. We also do work with clients. A lot of people bring us stories, honestly. Like, Mm. 
they there's that joke about everyone has a secret podcast that they want to make. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's that's really true. And the thing that we really focus on at Spoke is stories that we are interested in and stories that we will be proud to put out into the world. Do you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. And so there's a lot of yeah, there's there's a lot of thought put into what stories we're willing to tell and how we're willing to tell them and how we're willing to tell them in an ethical and sort of like holistic and humanistic way. And also just trying to make really, really good shit. Like that's one of the core <laughs> tenets of Spoke Media is make good shit. You know? <laughs> when I first started, I think we had a, a banner in the office that said, make good shit. Like, that's what we care about. We really want to make things that people are going to love. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And you do. <laughs> so you. if someone has a story, like you said, you know, everyone kind of has this secret podcast that they want to make. And in L.A., the joke is everyone has a podcast. Like <laughs> the, the idea yeah. is like, please, I, we're friends, but don't ask me to be on your podcast. That's absolutely <laughs> everyone's mentality. And every time I go to one of my friends and ask them, I'm like, oh, God, I've like almost apologized before I do it. I'm like, please come on Directionally Challenge, which actually most of the time people are really delighted to and it's a, it's a good experience but the joke in LA is everyone has a podcast but if you're not in LA and you have a story that you want to be told your secret podcast how do people get in contact with you or with someone and how just I want anyone listening that feels like they have a story to tell to feel inspired by this and realize that you know it could be your friend's dad's friend that comes with the story and that it ends up being a huge hit on Apple Podcasts so you know everyone does have a story so how can we inspire those listening to ha have their story told or start to investigate or just the beginning of anything because you know Everything is nothing until it's something. Yes, absolutely. I mean, well, first of all, we have a website. It's spokemedia.io. Come, come tell us about it. Contact us through there. I would also say it has never been easier to make it. Like there's, you know, there's so many podcast platforms. There are so many boarding platforms. There's equipment that you can buy on Amazon. Do you know what I mean? Honestly, mm -hmm. use your iPhone. There are yeah. microphones that plug directly into your iPhone. You can absolutely, if there's something that you're interested in, I would say go do it. The world is getting smaller and smaller in a really, in a really useful way. Like you can, you can connect with someone on the opposite side of the globe in a millisecond. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if there's something you're really passionate about, I would say just do it. That's honestly a lot of the a lot of the work that we do at Spoke starts because a producer is really excited about something and then does it. And then the company is like, oh, yeah, that's excellent. Let's mm -hmm. put it out. Do you know? So if you're passionate about it, start and then spread the word. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're back. Jenna, I think reporting on true crime can be difficult. Storytelling in general is difficult, but true crime specifically. How do you do true crime in an ethical way? Yeah. I'm. Listen, it's a really hard question. <laughs> and it's one I spend a lot of time thinking about and one that I definitely don't have all the answers to. I can tell you my personal guidepost And particularly with this story, what we tried to do is prioritize centering the real people that were involved. So with everyone we talked to, we were very conscious and mindful of the fact that we were asking them to speak about a trauma that they'd experienced, you know, in one way or another, whether that was because they had lost contact with her and never knew what happened or because of all the fear and confusion and shock around her death or, you know, very simply because they just lost someone who they loved. So we really tried to keep that at the forefront of our minds with everyone we talked to and with every decision we made, really. Everyone that we talked to was very gracious with us No one had to talk to us. You know, the fact that they shared their stories was incredible. And we tried to represent them honestly and give them whatever closure we could based on the information that we'd gathered. We really wanted to let their experiences guide us in how we put the story together. You know, the podcast itself is narratorless. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet. You hear me and my team sort of working through the things we learn and trying to make them all make sense. But there's no one speaking directly to you as the listener. And this is a big reason why. I felt very strongly that we should get to know all of these characters, all of these people in their own words. And ultimately, that's how we got to know Sue as well. We get to know her through the words of the people who knew her. So I don't know how to ethically work in true crime overall in every story. Because like you said, I don't want to contribute to this idea that the world is scarier than it really is, you know? And I, and I really don't want to exploit real people and real trauma for content, right? But I think a lot can be accomplished by really listening to the people, to the real people at the center of a story, giving them the mic, letting their own experiences 
in their own words, lead the way. That's what I try to do, at least. What stories do you guys have coming up that you can tell us about? What stories do we have coming up that I can tell you about? Oh, man. So many of the things that we've been working on are still under wraps. I would say the stories that I'm interested in, there are a couple that still have a bit of a true crime bent to them. That tends to be my my genre. I go into the true crime. I go into the mystery. Same. <laughs> there's a really lovely, there's a really lovely, speaking of someone who just had an idea and decided to make it, there's a really lovely podcast that's part of it is already out and more is coming called Through, which is one of my former coworkers decided to hike like do a, a giant hike the uh, pacific crest trail is that what it's called oh I can't yeah remember uh-huh. now. is that the trail yeah. that reese witherspoon does in wild the book i don't know i think it might very be. possibly okay. i yeah. was wondering that myself it, it is it is thanks okay. Mel. yeah it, it is. is the pacific <laughs> yes and so he just recorded his journey and now it's a beautiful podcast and he talked to a whole bunch of people on the way and wow it's really lovely and really well done and a lot of thought and work went into it and Really, it was just an idea he had and he went for it. You know, I'm trying to think of what else is going on that. No, but that's such a perfect example of what we're talking about is just having a story and feeling inspired to just do it and tell it. There's a really lovely podcast through Netflix that we're doing right now called We Have the Receipts that my coworker and friend Kelly is working on. So Uh they just dig through your favorite reality TV show and... It's really like it's a reality TV show interview and recap podcast that is so much fun that ho- the hosts are delightful. We do so much stuff and it's it really spans the sp- we really run the gamut in terms of genre and interest. So there's something for everyone for sure. That's so cool. And you, Jenna, you're so fascinating and wonderful because you also direct. Don't you direct musicals and plays and you are a storyteller. Even know <laughs> I did my research, but, you know, you're a storyteller on so many different fronts and you just love entertainment and you love you know I just I think it's really fascinating and wonderful that people can find and continue to work in entertainment even with the strike even with everything that's happening and so for those listening because a lot of people have questions about you know wanting to get into either storytelling through podcasts or plays or musicals or television or commercials or whatever any any of that what advice would you give having reached your success? And then what advice would you give like, you know, little Jenna? Would there, would there have been anything that you would have done differently? Because I really think that this industry can be difficult and hard. And I struggle with even, so you know, hard. if my own children would want to be in it, I think I'd try to really steer them away from it. But if they end up being like me and it's the only thing that makes them feel happy and alive, then obviously it's worth it. But I'd love to get your advice to for others listening, because I think it's really useful to get that from people who have really gone through it. Well, first of all, thank you for labeling me as a success. I'm going to tell my mom about that right after this. Did, your mom just needs to look at your ranking on Apple Podcasts. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this podcast is called Directionally Challenged. I think one of the directions that I'm challenged in is is patting myself on the back for things like mm. this. But I understand that. That's hard <laughs> as an artist because you're told no so many times that it's hard to be your hype man and your yes man, woman. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, speaking as a woman, it's really hard as a woman to, I don't know, I, I maybe it's part of the people pleasing tendency is like you just, it, it's really hard to, it's a lesson I'm continuously learning is to sort of own, own the work that I've done 
because I'm very, very proud of it. But there is that sort of like natural impulse to be like, oh, no, it was nothing. Truth is, I worked my ass off for yes. <laughs> a long time and I'm very proud of what I put out, but it's really hard to own. So yeah. I thank you for that. I just really appreciate it. It's really nice to to hear it, to have that work validated, I guess, by another another person, another artist as well. I think the advice that I would give, and and I think that this is the same advice that I would give little Jenna, is like, decide to make your own rules early. Ooh. You know, I, th- I think that's something that I, again, a lesson I'm continuously learning. I'm actually remembering something. I went to, I went to theater school at SMU and the chair of the department and also my directing teacher, which is what I ended up focusing on, directing. I really found a passion for directing. His name is Stan Wojvatsky. And we had this thing in our program where once a semester, I think it might have been once a year, we sort of sat down with the faculty and had basically a review where we discussed our year and talked about how it went and how we could improve moving forward. One year, I was really upset. I am the type of person and I have been since kindergarten who was such an overachiever and such a perfectionist. I like straight A student all through elementary, middle, high school and college until I got to one acting class my junior year and I got a B and I had a meltdown, truly. In my review, I was like upset about it. And I was like, what did I do that I didn't deserve this A? Do you know what I mean? And then we talked about it a little bit and Stan, who had, who I love so dearly and had been very much like sitting back in this review with sort of his arms folded, was sort of like, Jenna, what would you say if I promised to give you an A next semester in all of your classes? What would you actually do? <laughs> do you know? He was like, before you did any of the work, if I decided right now that you got an A in all of your future classes, what would you actually decide to put your energy toward? Uh. To be honest with you, at the time, I didn't even hear it because I was really upset. I was also a scholarship student. So I was like, if I don't get a certain number of grades, I literally have to leave. Do you know what I mean? If I don't get right. a certain GPA. So I was freaking out about that a little bit. What pressure to operate. But, yeah. But goddamn, if that hasn't rung in my ears <laughs> ever since that day, like, and I, I think about it all the time I really do think it's a lesson that we all have to learn that we own the energy that we have, we own our time, we own our interests, we own our passions, and we have to decide, we get to decide how we distribute that throughout our lives and throughout throughout the work that we choose to do. Like, choose to do what you care about and the reality is so many of us, you know, live paycheck to paycheck and there's so much that we that we don't get to choose to put our energy towards. But when you do have that choice, like do do it and do it 100%, like decide what to put your energy toward and make your own rules about it. Like there's no reason. I think one of the things that has been really exciting about this podcast in particular is that it doesn't really fit into the true crime genre. It, you, you know, it, it it is its own thing. And there were so many forks in the road where we had to decide, like, do we, like you said, do we tell the story that is coming to us or do we try and tell the story that we originally thought it was going to be? Right. And 
I think we all collectively decided, and honestly, kudos to our partners at Apple as well, who were really on the journey with us. We all just decided to make our own rules about it. And I think that's what makes it so special is that it is just really honest Mm -hmm. and it is really honest to the journey that we all went on. And that was at times frustrating and twisty and turny. And I think we ended up making something really beautiful. And that's because at a certain point, I think everyone involved had to say, fuck it, you know, and we just had to make our own rules and decide what to do in the moment. And that choice, that decision, that point in every journey that I've taken where I've had to say fuck it and make my own rules has always led to something better than it would have if I decided to follow the rules that were in front of me. So that would be my advice. And I I would give that advice to me early, early days because I I think, like I said before, like it all circles back to being a woman. I don't know why I'm on, I'm really on my feminist train today, but like it is so much harder when the world expects and society expects something specific from you and expects you to follow the rules. Like, this is so silly, but the person that I was just talking about who did the podcast through, his name is Cody, and he's such a lovely human. And he did like an interview where he was so off the cuff and it was it was really, and he did like a joke interview and it was really funny and all of this stuff. And at the same time, I was in the middle of editing a conversation that I had for Undercover of Night and I was editing myself and I there was like one phrase that I used where I was like, is this going to be misconstrued as being not as not taking this seriously? And I was like agonizing over like one phrase. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just had this full breakdown where I was like, why is it so easy <laughs> for men to just be themselves and expect people to accept them? And it is so, and I am agonizing over this one phrase. One Do you know phrase. what I mean? Yeah. One phrase and in writing and how others will take it. And and, and it really, exactly. truly is wildly difficult. I, I, I completely understand. Thank you for sharing that. That's because yeah. it is, it's so true. And I think it's important for us as women to band together and support each other. And a lot of people do, but there are some oh, out yeah. there that don't. <laughs> and that's really hard. Yeah. And, you know, sorry to ramble on about it. I feel like I just went on a total. I love (laughs) tangents. That's what this is all about. But like it is just and I have to continuously choose. But when you choose to let that go, the world really opens up to you. And in my case, the story really opened up to me. And it's a big risk putting yourself out there. But it is it is pretty much always worth it. It has been for me. So that's my advice. Oh, what great advice. Thank you so much. And I love that. I think that's so important for people to hear. It's a big risk putting yourself out there, but it is usually always worth it. Jenna Burnett, thank you so much for coming on. And I highly recommend we'll have the link to Undercover of Night in our show notes. It's really fun. It's a fun listen. Go on the journey and the ride with them. Know that it's a little true crime. It's a little love story. It's a little all the things all mixed up together. And it's so lovely. So thank you for letting your art just be art and be what it is. And thank you for joining me today. I'm so grateful to have met you. You know, it's interesting. I had Jenna on to talk about our love of true crime, but sometimes interviews just take their own path. And that's what I felt like happened with Jenna. She had so much to say and so much to tell. And what's interesting and lovely about Directionally Challenged is you give someone a mic and they all have really lovely things to say and lovely things to share. And I think 
what's so great about Jenna's story is that, you know, it you can tell. And even I wish sometimes I wish you guys could visually see the conversation as well, because she you could tell putting herself out there and putting this podcast out there meant so much to her. But it was also a huge, giant leap of faith. I'm really happy that she did it. You could t- tell that it was really rewarding. And she has such great advice to share about, you know, usually it's worth it. And I would I would honestly say most of the time it is, even if the if you put yourself out there and it doesn't end up being what you want it to be, you will usually learn from it and it will be a absolutely worth it. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged as much as we did. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule, produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions, editing by Diane Kang, post-production sound by Coco Lawrence, and production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. <laughs>